Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. gentlemen, and welcome to Callion's first quarter 2020 financial results conference call. As a reminder, this call is being recorded. It is now my pleasure to turn the conference over to Mr. Kevin Ford, Chief Executive Officer. Sir, please begin. Thank you, Chelsea, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. With me today is Patrick Houston, our CFO, and we'd like to welcome you to Callion's first quarter 2020 conference call. I'm very happy with our first quarter results. We again posted a quarterly revenue record of $99.2 million, up from Q4's quarterly record of $90.9 million. While posting our sixth consecutive quarter of record revenue growth, we also reported our 73rd consecutive profitable quarter. The results reflect our continued focus on profitable growth as we successfully execute our organic and acquisitive growth strategy. I once again would like to thank our dedicated team at Callion, all of our staff, employees, for their efforts. It is very much appreciated. I now ask Patrick to review the quarterly numbers, and I'll provide some comments at the end. So over to you, Patrick. Thank you, Kevin. It's exciting to again post record quarterly results reflecting our continued revenue and earnings growth. First quarter revenue gained 24% year over year, while EBITDA growth was 47%. The stability of our diversified business was evident in the quarter as advanced technologies, health, NIT posted solid revenue and EBITDA growth compared to the prior year's first quarter. We continue to believe that Callion's diversified, profitable growth engine is one of the company's unique strengths. Consolidated gross margins in the quarter were 20.4% compared to 21% in the Q1 of the previous year. The slight decrease was due to project mix in the quarter. Our focus continues to be the introduction of existing and new products and services into new markets in order to increase our margins. Operating expenses in the quarter were $11.8 million. This compares to $11.2 million in the same quarter of the previous year, a 6% increase. We continue to invest in capabilities to help our growth agenda. This includes augmenting our sales and marketing capabilities, building capacity in our innovation agenda, and strengthening business support to integrate recent acquisitions. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $8.4 million, or $1 per share basic and $1.03 per share diluted. This increased from $5.7 million, or $0.73 cents per share, in the same quarter of the previous year. Adjusted EBITDA in Q1 included a favorable impact of $0.7 million from the adoption of IFRS 16, you can see our reconciliation in the financial statements in MD&A explaining the change in the accounting. Net profit for the first quarter was $4.3 million, or $0.55 cents per share. This was up from $3.4 million, or $0.43 cents per share, in the same period of the prior year. Working capital in the quarter increased by $21 million. This was the result of growth of our business and progress made in our large ground system project. Working capital demand on the large ground system project in the quarter was approximately $16 million. We expect an additional $6 million of working capital demand in Q2 as we reach the peak demand for that project. 
Our cash balance ended at approximately $14 million, and subsequent to quarter end, we expanded our credit facility with RBC from $40 million to $60 million. Finally, please note that certain information discussed today is forward-looking and subject to important risks and uncertainties. The results predicted in these statements may be materially different from actual results. I'll now turn it back over to Kevin for his comments. Thank you, Patrick. So I just wanted to echo Patrick's comments and, and, and again talk about the fact that I was pleased with the results in the quarter. Um, when advanced technology uh, posting very positive organic revenue growth, 68% from the same period a year earlier, obviously a strong contributions from our large ground systems project and a new mobile wireless product that we've uh, now gone live with for a Tier 1 North American mobile provider. Our health revenue is rising 10% from year earlier as demand increased on our clinician services and psychological assessment services. IT similarly posted 9% revenue growth on stronger sales focus for our cybersecurity practice. And learning revenues declined slightly, uh, reflecting generally a pace of demand on our core training contracts and focus on securing new business going forward. Post to Q1 quarter end, on January 31st, we announced the acquisition of health services companies All Phase Clinical Research Services, Inc., and Alio Health Services, Inc., which was an exciting announcement for our health segment in support of our growth objectives. The companies serve the pharmaceutical and medical device industry and the broader healthcare sector with clinical trial services, specialty medication support, community care, and other services, all enabled by an innovative healthcare delivery management software application. This acquisition supports all four pillars of our growth framework and specifically helps diversify our customer base into pharmaceuticals, home care, and hospitals, and supports Italian's innovation agenda with services enabled by software. Continued investment in R&D M&A and our own internal innovation will be critical to our long-term profitable growth and continue to push into global markets. Our recent filing of a shelf prospectus is an important step in providing flexibility as we continue on our growth agenda. In closing, I'm pleased to see the Italian growth story continue in Q1 following a record performance in fiscal year 2019. We've received very, very positive feedback regarding our reporting aligned to the four segments which we introduced at the end of our 2019 Q4 and full year results. The four segments of advanced technologies, health, learning, and information technology are highlighting our focus going forward and have helped simplify the company for our shareholders. Our focus within the segments continues to be on acquisitive and organic growth, innovation, and global markets. I look forward to talking to our shareholders and analysts tomorrow about accounting's diverse business and growth achievements at our AGM and Annual Investor Day, being held tomorrow, February 6th, at the TMX Broadcast Center in Toronto, starting at 9.45, and if you're available, please attend. Lastly, the traditional markets in which Calian operates are stable, and management expects organic revenue and earnings growth the most or all of our segments through the successful execution of our growth strategy. However, we must caution that revenues realized are ultimately dependent on the extent and timing of future contract reports as well as customer utilization of existing contract vehicles. Based on currently available information and our assessment in the marketplace, we expect revenues for fiscal 2020 to be in the range of $380 million to $410 million, EBITDA per share in the range, or adjusted EBITDA per share in the range of $425 to $455, and adjusted net profit in the range of $2.50 to $2.80 per share. So with that, Chelsea, I'd like to now open the call up to questions. Yes, sir. If you would like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you are using a speakerphone, please make sure that your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, please press star 1 to ask a question. Our first question will come from Jeff Lavoie with Desjardins. 
Yeah, good morning, gentlemen, and congratulations for the strong quarter. Uh, I just wanted to start with the guidance. I, I just wanted to make sure that the uh, increase to the guidance was mainly, sorry, mostly driven by recent acquisition announced on Friday last week. Yes, we increased uh, revenue guidance by about $15 million at the bottom and top, Jean-Francois. About uh, three-quarters of that was related to the acquisition, and about a quarter is just um, you know, continued uh, pace of our, our, of our existing business. You know, we, we saw a strong Q1, and we're expecting that to continue throughout the year. <clears throat> okay, so uh, it's on the revenue line, but also probably on the EBITDA and the adjusted EPS as well. Yeah, it was similarly down to three um, – Three are kind of moved up together, so we're just expecting, you know, continue, continued uh, performance of our existing business as well as the, the impact of the new acquisition. Okay, perfect. And when we uh, talk about the, uh, the these acquisition, how should we be thinking, Patrick, in terms of amortization and of intangibles, and also goodwill for uh, those two acquisitions in the future? Yeah, we. Uh, you know, we just closed the deal um, last week, so we haven't had the opportunity to, to do the valuation and at the same point have the auditors go through it. So um, I'll have to defer to, to next quarter, and, and at that point I can give you some more color. But I would expect it to be similar to our prior acquisitions in terms of ratios of intangibles and goodwill as, as, an, as an initial kind of point. <laughs> okay, no, that's good color. Thank you very much. And when we look at advanced technologies, I mean, the growth was very impressive at about 64% with only uh, about 7% coming from m &E. So I was curious if you could uh, talk a little bit about the key driver of this organic growth. I know there's probably a lot that come from the uh, large satellite contract, but I just wanted to have your uh, your view on this one. Yeah. So two distinct events, really. Obviously, progress on our ground system. Um, you know, we said this was going to be the big year for that one, so we're seeing good growth. The other one really is is the, the first shipment of our, our first wireless product, so we, we put a press release out um, announcing that. So we were able to, you know, develop this product over the last couple of years. Um, it's being deployed by Tier 1 mobile carrier in North America. So that's really exciting for us as it's our first foray into that space. Uh, but, again, shows the capability of our advanced technology. So that contributed as well to that organic growth um, in Q1. Okay. And would it be fair to assume that about 50% came from uh, the ground system and 50% of the organic growth came from uh, mobile carrier, or the mix was a little bit different? M more weighted towards the large ground system, but, um, you know, good, good first quarter on, on our mobile space, and, and I think that one's going to continue to pick up pace throughout the year. <clears throat> okay. Great. And uh, if we look at the, at the uh, learning side, I mean, the backlog remained extremely solid, but uh, the revenue growth uh, was a little bit uh, impacted by the, uh, the slowdown in demand. But how should we be thinking about demand or organic growth in the uh, quarters uh, to come uh, for that division? Well, right now, what we're trying to do is the uh, across each of the 5% organic growth. So we're trying to look at that consistently across each of the segments. So um, learning is right now with our with our key defense contracts. It will move up and down in the quarter depending on demand and scheduling and timing of exercises that we run from the military. Um, we're seeing some good push in our emergency management services. So again, timing of those will affect it. But I think for modeling purposes, keep it in that three to five percent range. I think is is realistic organically as we now focus on how do we move that learning segment up to double digit growth. But for modeling, I think three to five percent is a good way to look at it uh, going forward. Okay, perfect. 
thank you very much. And maybe a last one for me on the IT side. The margin was very strong at 9.9%. Uh, so would it? So I was wondering, what should we expect uh, going through fiscal 20? Should we expect a, a similar margin? And also, I was curious to know if you could provide a little bit more color around the uh, the business mix of this segment. So product versus services, please. Yeah, so um, you're really pleased with the increase in margin. It's really been, you know, pretty conservative effort between the last couple of years of moving that up in our key group. Um, so really pleased with the progress that Sandra, who's the VP of that group, has really been doing with her team. Um, you know, on some of the product resale, um, because we don't recognize um, the full revenue but just the margin, that's helping us increase. Um, so right now mar the product sales is still a small portion, but the margins are much higher than, than our traditional resource-based contracts. So we continue to really look for to increase that mix over time, and I think as we do that, the margins continue. I think in the short term, we're hoping to at least hold the margins you've seen in Q1, but again, objective is to continue to increase that um, in the future. That's great, caller. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Again, that is star one to ask a question. And our next question comes from Deepak Kajal with Stifle. And Deepak, make sure your phone's not muted. Deepak, I think you're on mute. All right, we'll go to the next question. We have from Doug Taylor with Canaccord Genuity. Uh, yeah, thank you. Good evening. Um, the acquisition, uh, the strength in advanced technologies and, uh, and then the recent acquisitions has taken the spotlight off of the Intergrain and SAT service a little bit, but I wonder if you can provide a little bit of an update on how those two acquisitions are, are progressing since last quarter and, and perhaps comment on how they're tracking towards future earnout targets. Yeah, so both, uh, I just did a review uh, of SAT service a few weeks ago and Intergrain the same. Uh, both are actually doing very well in the context of performance. Both are uh, both are seeing orders. They're both coming in from a context of um, uh, growth that we've seen from last year. As far as our net targets, we're going to give another quarter. We'll reassess them, Doug, is how we're feeling about that. We're definitely seeing more positive momentum than we did the year before. Um, and, you know, despite our notes, you know, I am still very confident in those two companies. They're great. Both of them have great teams, and both of them are doing great things, and they're all profitable. So, uh, earn out what side, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, and I'll update that next quarter. But right now, I'm very happy and impressed with what they're both collectively doing, both in the context of new sales and orders, as well as progression on integration with uh, with our advanced technologies group. So still very positive. Okay, thank you. Um, the advanced technologies and the large ground system build, um, you provide a lot of color on the working capital impact into Q2. I mean, should we think as Q2 being that being consistent with the peak revenue um, quarter for this particular uh, build? And do you expect to recap, uh, recover any of the working capital you've invested towards the back half of this year, or will that be a fiscal 2021 event? And then, you know, in relation to that, perhaps you can talk about. Uh, the prospects of, you know, filling the backlog for that type of, you know, satellite work uh, in behind this large deal. Sure. I mean, the revenue and working capital aren't completely linked because we're doing the revenue on a percentage of completion of the entire project, but we have certain, you know, payments and milestones that we're expecting from the customers. So that's why they're not completely linked. So I think the revenue 
will be fairly consistent throughout this year. From a working capital, yeah, there will be another $6 million in Q2, and then likely flat in Q3, and then Q4 is when it starts to unwind, and that will unwind over another 12 months after that to start coming back in. And, uh, and then on your second question on backfilling, I mean, we've got, uh, we're working on several um, requests. You know, there's, there's lots of activity that we're seeing in uh, the ground system uh, business. So we've got some some fairly nice projects that we'd like to win, um, and we're hoping to to secure those in the short term. And if it, and if we're able to do that, that would contribute to revenue next year, which would help backfill kind of the reduction on this large large ground system. So we're hoping to hear about those in in the next quarter. <clears throat> okay, I don't want to steal any more thunder from your event tomorrow. So uh, nice quarter. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks Thank you. Our next question comes from Jeff Lavoie with Desjardins. Yeah, thank you very much. I just wanted to ask two uh, small questions from a modeling standpoint. So on the R&D uh, front, uh, so you have spent about three to four million in the last two years on that uh, R&D level. So how should we be thinking for fiscal year 20? Yeah, so so you saw we've broken out R&D for the first time. So I think uh, certainly as, as we spend more on that, we'll, you know, people are getting better visibility. Um, I think for, for the current year, um, the Q1 run rate will probably continue for, for the back uh, to the last three quarters. So I think that's what you should model in the short term. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it accelerates in, in future years as we start to identify new projects. <clears throat> okay, great. And maybe lastly on the credit facility. So you mentioned uh, in your opening remarks that you increased it to from $40 million to $60 million. So I just wanted to make sure when we look at the increase, should we? Uh, so would it be fair to assume that Kaylin is still on the lookout for uh, more uh, M&D deals, despite the recent transaction announced last week? Uh, that, that's correct. You know, from my perspective, um, you know, as most are aware, we, we've staffed now a permanent basic M&A office uh, internally. Uh, whose job is basically to continue to work with uh, companies out there, whether it's on partnering or any opportunities. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, the, the pace of the 10% growth minimum, you know, is something I'm very, you know, sincere about and honest, and I'd like to keep that going. And that will be both through organic and M&A. So we don't want to slow down M&A for sure, uh, but we're also taking our time to make sure we're we're taking time to integrate the ones we've done, and uh, we're on the lookout for sure. You know, if you think about our segments right now. Um, you know, we've done two in advanced technologies over the last year. We've done one in the health segment. Our cyber acquisition that we did in IT services, that's almost two years ago now. Uh, so I think there's capacity there to look at other opportunities because of the, uh, the capacity for the management team to integrate. And then our learning business is also something I'm looking at with priority uh, as we look to bring in more innovation into our learning services practices. So, yeah, we're not, uh, we don't think we're slowing down, but in the same spirit, we're we're making sure, more importantly, that these these opportunities are good opportunities for accounting longer term. That's great. Thank you very much for the caller. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Again, to ask a question, please press star 1. All right, and speakers, we have no further questions in the queue at this time. Okay, that's great, uh, Chelsea, and I think for a lot of you on the phone tomorrow, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to say hi in person at our Investor Day and, and updates. I'm excited about giving an opportunity for other people besides Kevin Ford to speak for a change on the company progress, and uh, 
I just want to reiterate uh, to my team, thanks again for, for a great quarter uh, and look forward to providing an update for those that are able to attend tomorrow. And if anyone would like any further information, obviously don't hesitate to reach out. So with that, Chelsea, we'll, uh, we'll close off this call, and I look forward to giving everyone an update officially over the next quarter results in a couple months. And uh, for those attending tomorrow, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's teleconference, and you may now disconnect. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.